Welcome to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band, where we talk about two artists whose names sound similar, but the music sounds very different. This week we're talking about Blue October Oyster Cult. I am Jared. I am Dax. Caleb. Tyler. Blue October. Yes. Oyster Cult. It's yes. Blue, Blue October. Blue October. Blue October. Cult. Blue October. 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 Blue are actually pretty relevant right now. Yes. Weird. Some, yeah. I mean, yes. They have a documentary that's coming out. We looked at the the trailer. It actually came out like a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that. And I yeah. did not know. We didn't watch the doc because it was like seven dollars. And it's like, come oh on, guys. My. I know. Who would do that? Who would do that? Was Who it would, seven or six ninety nine? Six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. Damn. Us do research by watching documentaries. Too much. Yeah. Can't do it. Agreed. Was that SD or HD? Uh, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't give me the option. Oh, it was boy. on the Blue October uh, documentary film website. Oh which, man, those servers mm, probably don't have the bandwidth for no full way. HD. No way. You would have gotten screwed. Did Seven bucks to see grainy Blue October. Did you see what happened to Corey Feldman's? They tried HD. Didn't go well. It's true. Poor things. So it's the true. documentary is called Get Back Up, and uh, it is documenting over a ten-year period of time, which is very interesting. Um, the rise and uh, somewhat fall of Blue October. Uh, they've been around for a long time, since like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, some success uh, before the 2006 release. Foiled. Foiled, which we'll talk about. I want to talk about that at least. But they had the song Calling You from their album in 2003. And they had some chart success, rock radio-wise, but at around the same time that they were finding success with that song and also with Foiled, um, Justin, the lead singer of the band, was having issues with substance abuse, all kinds of you know pills and all, all kinds of stuff. And he basically was given the choice by his wife to either get better or lose his family. And he chose to try and get better. And that has been kind of the mission since then for the past... 14 years you know right. it's not like okay i'm sober now i'm better like it once you get to rock bottom you have to continue to get to strive to be better but also try and make yourself to help others get better as well once you're to a point especially the platform he's on the amount of success that they had with that album and then to try and continue to find the success that they uh attempted to find after foiled I mean, because like kind of rock, the radio and and billboard and stuff changed after that as well, and they kind of changed their sound a little bit, like with the song "Dirt Room" that came out um, after the foiled came out and stuff. So I don't know. What do you, what did you you you're not really into Blue October that much? No, I really wasn't familiar with them anyway. Really, I just have heard it and I didn't know what it means. What does what does mean? What is Blue? October. What is what is what does it mean? It's I a don't sad know. month. It's like Red October. Oh, so it's in reference to my feelings. See, that's probably why because October is my favorite month. See, so mm, it's probably it same. doesn't really line up with me personally. But I never really listen to them. And I'm just it just doesn't. It's not me. It's not me. I do. I do think that they are a little confused because I find that October is usually more of an orangey red month yeah, and it's not, definitely, not quite a blue month. It's a warm colored month. It is. For sure. Not they, a cool month. No. I did find the trajectory of their like lyrical content interesting. Like back when he was on uh, you know, whatever drugs he was finding, uh it was all very sad and depressing. But the further he went into it, the 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 cleaner he got, uh Turned into some real happy fun time almost. That opening yeah. track is called "I Hope You're Happy." Well, yeah, that, that sounds not interesting. I don't want to hear some dude talk about how happy he is. It's like uh, if you've ever talked to someone who went through AA, it's like that, but in music. Sounds awful. Well, it's pretty fun. I liked it. I respect your opinion. Thank you. His lyrics are, you know, they are quite sad, and they did have more of an impact than you might think. Jared, we watched a video on this. Mm-hmm. The The lyrics of Blue October really spoke to an author, uh, perhaps Stephanie Meyer of mm. Twilight fame. She said that her, uh, which, which, al- or which movie was it? Oh, 
Uh, well, it would have been the book, actually. Oh, right. But which yeah. book was it? My, I, my I think the first one. One of the books. I cannot remember which one, but she said that a lot of the themes of relationships that she was thinking about came from Blue October lyrics. I've, I so without I read... Blue October, we would not have Twilight. Sad. Hmm. That would have been how sad that existence would be. He, they, played, they had a concert mm-hmm. where Stephanie Myers just kind of looked longingly at the lead singer Blue October while he played acoustic versions of their songs. It was pretty awkward. Wow. And she's just like, oh. Really thinking about what she would want to write about those things with. That reminds me of a vampire. In an interview on TwilightLexicon.com. Oh, boy. Uh, they did an interview, it looks like, with Justin? Uh-huh. I can't Fert really... Fert and Fed Hmm? Fert and Fed Fert Yeah. First and Feld. First and Feld. It just, this that just says Blue October Talks New Album, but I don't see who, who they're actually talking to. Well... Twilight fans and Blue October fans uh, oh, it was near Justin. a circle, if you put that into a Venn diagram. Mm. It was Justin, and they said, uh, they asked him about uh, how he figured out about um, her f- fandom of the group, and she's, he said, well, she called our management company to meet us and go to dinner. Um, so that's how they f- he said, I love her and respect her. And they said, are you Team Edward or Team Jacob? Which is an interesting question to read <laughs> that question in 2020. And he said, I'm Team Blue. Oh, my. <laughs> I think if I was... That's an original answer. If Stephanie Meyer contacted us and was like, you know, I'm a really big fan of the podcast. I want to meet for dinner. I think I would quit the podcast. Oh, why? I I think that that would be it. What? You you want to do a podcast about interviewing people. You're you're going to quit when somebody that has a a world-famous book wants to talk to you? You're mischaracterizing the conversation anyway because she would go, I really love your podcast. It inspired me to write three-plus books. The content great. of your podcast mm. has inspired me to write three teen love books. <laughs> I, I would love that. And I want to have lunch with you. <laughs> so, my first question would be, which yeah. character plays me? Who's me? Who am I? Who does this remind you of? Mm. Who am I? I don't know. Which one am I? Uh, which one am I? Dumbledore. Okay, close. That's fine. He's very wise. <laughs> he's book. full of wisdom, so mm. I can't. He's got magic beyond his years. Mm. So the band was discovered in 1998 by Michael Rand, who was a former manager of Kid Rock. Yes, yes, he was. What was he doing in Texas? <laughs> I love that you led into him. Like, please go on, please go on. There it there is. There it is. That's the that's his, the stinger. This says his agency proceeded to book them 350 dates. Yes. Uh, uh, different dates unsigned. They weren't even signed, and they played no. that many. And times. you know who they were managed by? Who's that? The Furstenberg's parents, oh my, managed them. First instance, under first under their own under their own company. Oh my, hmm. they were managed by Jeremy and Justin's parents under the name Rodan Entertainment. Hmm. Rodan Entertainment. Speaking of the bunch of nerds, uh, people that they've worked with having very odd things outside of the things they're working with them on. Jared, you somehow glossed over this. The director of their documentary. What yeah. else has he directed? His first two f- films were Playboy movies that nice. came out in the early 90s. Nice. I, I like how we're, uh, we've now changed this podcast to let's lead Jared into weird things. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, tell us more about this weird thing. <laughs> yes. Well, that is a weird thing, you know. It is. That's odd. What I guess they're like, we saw your films, and we think you'd be really good for what we have in mind for our documentary. Listen, here's the thing. For our documentary, we're really wanting to talk about the you know us going through these hard times. We really want to be real raw when we come yeah. into this. We're looking for someone who could really film something that's really raw, raw and full of hard times. Raw. His name is Nori Niven, and uh, he directed uh, in 1994. He directed Playboy Girls of Hooters. And then in 95, he directed Playboy, The Girls of Hawaiian Tropic Naked in Paradise. Ah, I see. He, he's limited. He's in, the, he's in the Girls of series. And then in 2020, he, re- he directed Get Back Up, a documentary about Blue October. Yep. Maybe the documentary was just as much about his own life. As it was about Blue October. Yes. I'd love to watch it. Just a bunch of like Playboy-based clips that are spliced into these Blue yeah, October he, he scenes. Just, he just works his own life into it. And then they they filmed one of the highest grossing Playboy films of the 90s. I mean, then they were big band and played massive shows. You guys didn't know and that. And for years. 
Blue October was the house band of the Playboy Mansion. Mm. Oh. That, was, that was it. Hef loved him. He loved this <laughs> Blue Octobers. He said, I don't know what it means, but they're, there's four of them, and they're good. R.I.P. I do I Rogue do have Man. to admit, in 2006, I did enjoy the Foiled album. I was I pretty I was pretty young. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I've been thinking about, like, these albums and how old I was when these, like, 2000s albums came out and, like, how I knew about them. Because, like, I remember when Hate Me and Into the Ocean were on the radio and the music videos were playing on MTV and mm-hmm. VH1 and such. Yeah. Like, I'm familiar with the popularity rise of Blue October, even though they had some popularity outside of that prior to me knowing about them. Definitely not as big at all. Like, no. Foiled was their biggest album, and that's how we discovered them. Correct. And that's kind of the case with a lot of groups, like, around that time, is we discovered them at the height of their career, mm-hmm. you know? And then it was it's basically been up to us to continue to follow them. Right. Because otherwise, like, you don't hear Blue October on the radio anymore. Nobody really... Unless you're a follower of the band and have continued... Like, if you don't, I mean, because I think now, and we were talking about this last night, Caleb and I, but that like he, at the time of that, t- he was a uh, kind of a chunkier guy, not very healthy, having issues with drugs and other things, alcohol. And now in his life, he's the healthiest he's ever been. Uh, he I, looks younger. I read an interview where somebody was talking about how he feels about like the quarantine stuff. And he was like, I don't like it because I'm used to touring nonstop and I have to stay home. And, like, I'm not used to this. You know, I like, I run all the time now. And kind of, like, he's very healthy. And he's, like, trying to continue to stay healthy. And if you're, like, one thing about being in recovery is, like, you want to have a, a pattern of the same things over and over. And so right. if that gets changed, that could harm you. And so he has to find that new pattern in life, the new normal. You know, people right. hate that. Because mm-hmm. if you lose your pattern, what happens is is that you have this ba- this kind of gap of time and you say, well, the only thing I know how to fill a gap in time is with alcohol and drugs. Yeah. And so what happens is is that once you fall out of your pattern, even a little bit, it's very, very difficult not to try and fill that gap with something that's very familiar to you and very safe to you. And what ends up feeling safest and most secure to you is alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. How long has he been sober? Is it like eight years or something like that? Is that right? I don't know the answer to your question of how long he has been um, sober exactly. Um, because in the song, uh, hate me, he's what I've been sober now for three whole months, but like, so do the math of when the song was written 14 years and then now, if that is the, you know, but I don't, you know, I don't know, but, um, I think that they actually have an album coming out soon, a new one. Cause there's a new single that came out, uh, just like a week or two ago, a couple weeks. So I imagine they have a new one, but like that album, the song that you played, I hope you're happy, which was the intro track, uh, to what we, the podcast, that song came out in 2018, and they've had consistent albums, you know, since then. Uh-huh. And uh, their album that came out in 2013, Sway, uh, I liked a lot of songs from that album. Uh, Angels and Everything, uh, Bleed Out. I guess those are the two big ones that I really liked, um, Bleed Out and Angels and Everything. Yeah, so, so so you all remember when Foiled came out in 06, you say you recall, yeah. you recall that? Yeah, we had it. Yeah. Um, oh, you did? It was during the time of... Uh, um, torrenting. So we, we oh, I see. It, it was that right. Yeah, yeah. I got. I remember uh, now why I never listened to them is because I got very confused. Mm-hmm. Um, because "Get Behind Me, Satan" by White Stripes came out in two thousand and five, mm-hmm. and they had the tight the opener was "Blue Orchid," mm. uh, and then "Taking Back Sunday" had uh, the album "Louder" now come out in oh six. Uh, with a song called My Blue Heaven. Okay. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, the word blue and uh, another word following it really confused me when I finally heard this Blue October. And I go, I don't know what it is. I, I couldn't remember if it was a song by some band or if it was some new band. And I just said, whatever that is, I'm not going to. It's too confusing and I'm not going to listen to it. Interesting. So you don't have, like, you don't have anything, uh, like, memory-wise of Hate Me at all? No, I don't know. Really? I didn't know nothing about Blue Blue October. I think we should play a song from Foiled. Okay. What what I'll let you two who know things because you I stole th- it. I think probably I mean, so the most well-known song is Hate Me. It's ma- probably arguably their best song. I would say probably. But uh the other single that came out was Into the Ocean, which I love that song as well. But I think one that you would appreciate more than any of them would be Congratulations because it has I'm going to heap in it. Mm. And 
she's great. Yeah. You know, and that song it's is a wonderful amazing. Song. I like that song. Wonderful song. It's interesting because that, like, Foiled is one of those albums that, like, the first, like, eight tracks are, like, ones that I love. And then, like, once you get to the very end of the album, it's like, I love this album, but I can't really remember the rest of the album yeah. that well. A hot fuss situation, if you will. Yeah. Well, not it. Hot fuss is higher, but yes, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah similar. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say, um, I would say congratulations yeah congratulations is a very good song i've been listening to it quite a bit this week just kind of thinking about and remembering like how good of a song this is especially as like a middle track Mm. usually the middle like this feels kind of like a closer in a lot of ways but like as a song it doesn't feel like a middle track but it like lands really well where most albums don't have like some of their best work in the middle it's usually like third track third track is always kind of for especially for like a pop album Third track is always where you're shooting for. Well, to speak to that just briefly, and this is, you know, obviously doesn't have to be, this is just a thing. It's I think that has a lot to do with switching to CDs and other digital media. Mm-hmm. Because it used to be the middle tracks were always interesting because it was a transitional point. Right. From side one to side two. Because you can make both sides be like a little bit different. Yeah, that makes sense. So that sense. was important. But now it's just like an, in the middle of the album and you just have to try to get continue to get people to keep listening. Yeah, let's play Congratulations. Something I've been wanting to give to you for years My heart My heart I love when he goes into it. He's got a good voice. Yeah. Very I like that. Voice. I love when like when a song goes from like middle like here in terms of like the chorus or even a verse and then it just goes up in like vocal range. I love that so much. I love when that happens. It'll get you every time. It does. That's Reason. that's one of those like emotive things that like music can do mm-hmm. it, it, when when you switch from like a yeah, we're right here, then we're really higher and then it's like oh shit. Mm-hmm. You're really putting something into this. Yeah. Yeah, I like when they put stuff in it. <laughs> when it's stuffed with things. I like when stuff is stuffed with stuff. That song's not bad. I still don't think it's really... I mean, maybe I just need to listen to the whole album and kind of get a feel. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you don't have... like, I, You could probably argue that if you don't have the nostalgia for that album, like, it might not be a great album for people that didn't listen to it in 2006 when you were like 14 years old. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like, so it, it, you aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, this is a great album, probably. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll have a different effect on you. But I will, like, I. it's probably some of that. I also, I think one of the things that interests me the most about Blue October is the fact that they are still very active. Mm-hmm. Because it's this odd concept of being able to peak not super early in their career, but, you know, fairly early in their career and then never really finding a lot of success outside of it, but still pressing on musically. Like they peaked in 2006 and for 14 years, you could say, why are they still doing this? But they're doing because they want to, but they haven't seen a lot of um, turnaround from all the work that they've done over the last decade and a half. They haven't really seen a lot of chart success. They probably haven't seen a ton of sales. Like, they're just kind of doing it because they want to, I would imagine. Well, I mean, but they can still tour on, like, the stuff from then and even now, but, like, be able to play small clubs. I saw them, like, two years ago at the Indiana State Fair for free. And it was, like, I had almost, I thought about buying tickets to see them at, at Bogarts a couple of times, um, and I never, like, pulled the trigger because it was, like, 30, 40 bucks for a ticket. And it's like, do yeah. I really want to see this? And then I saw that they were playing for free at the state fair. And so me and my sister and my dad went and it was great. Like it was like an hour and a half show. They played everything you wanted to hear. And they even like played like deep cuts and you know, like 
all the stuff I wanted to hear they played. And it was like, this is amazing for a free show. And I've been wanting like, and it's one of those things where I would pay to see them now after seeing that free show. And that doesn't happen that often. I don't think. I would say maybe it's time for us to transition away from blue yeah. October. Well, I was going to, um, I had, uh, the song that he covered, uh, on the playlist, mm-hmm. the promise. By yeah. Ah. By when in Rome yeah. later covered by, Sturgill Simpson. Simpson, yes, as oh, among other other people as well, have covered it. But that's more a modern cover mm-hmm. that like people can kind of pull from. He also covered Nirvana, which I love that cover. We're talking as about well. Sturgill's cover, yeah, yeah cover, very good. Yeah, like, in Bloom, yeah. Because you are you familiar with a little bit of that story? But while he's finding that like the his cover of In Bloom about how he changed the lyrics, yeah, that's how he thought that the song right. sounded, right? Yeah, so he just continued singing it the way he sing, thought it was. Yeah. yeah, which I love that idea is like kind of. That's how you turn a cover into your own. Yeah, you it, you you take whatever the song is to you, and then that's how you represent it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's cool. Yeah. When you need a friend, don't look to a stranger. You know, in the end, I'm gonna always be there. Sometimes if I shout. Sometimes you're in danger Take a look all around And I'll be there I'm so sorry that I'm just thinking of the right words to say That was done on a radio program too, so that's why 105.7 when, when The he, Point Yeah, when, his, uh, like, when he cracks a little bit, it's, you know, like, because it's like probably 5 in the morning Right You know, like, yeah <laughs> That's kind of a middle ground cover between like the original and where Sturgill goes actually mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that you brought it up because it sits that kind of sits in between yeah All yes right. the, the Riz show Riz Rizzuto show 105.7 the point what I thought was interesting too about this they have like 24.7 thousand subscribers but that video has been on for almost a year now and only has like 4,000 views really so it's wild that you even like came upon it yeah How quickly do we want to get into the cowbell? Right now. Right away. All right. Cowbell. Cowbell, everybody. More cowbell. Blue. What? O- I don't know what you're talking about. Blue Oyster Cult. You heard cowbell? You, what? What? You didn't hear you cowbell? You heard cowbell? Yeah. I heard it. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I think that probably spurred you a You probably second. would have heard it if there were more cowbell. I think that... I think it it if more. there was more cowbell, yeah. I think it'd be spot on. Yeah. I, I uh, just got back from the doctor and got a prescription for more cowbell. You did. Thank God you do. Someone needed to get the prescription. I gotta have more. And that cowbell. We gotta play at least him saying that, right? Yeah. We have to. Like, there's no way we can go without. I mean, that's like, we were talking, I I don't want to get too far while you're looking, but we're talking about the difference between uh, that song and then Burning For You. And that, um, Don't Fear the Reaper, is the most iconic Blue uh, Oyster Cult song by far. I would argue Burn For You is a better song. Probably. Better. Burn For You is the song whose music video was like all over the place when MTV first started. Mm. Yeah. And that's what blew up. That's It's probably, if it were not for SNL, Burn For You would probably be bigger. Yes. Oh, yeah. I would agree. You're probably right. Let, let's hear a little bit of that that more cowbell biz. After a series of staggering defeats, Blue Oyster Cult assembled in the recording studio in late 1976 for a session with fame producer Bruce Dickinson. And luckily for us, the cameras were rolling. All right, guys, I I think we're ready to lay this first track down. Could you come back in there, please? Fellas. No, 
We, we just wasted two good tracks. This last one was even better than the first. Well, it's just that I find Gene's cowbell playing distracted. I don't know. If I'm the only one, I'll shut up. No, it's pretty rough. You know, I can pull it back a little if you like. Not too much, though. I'm telling you, fellas, you're gonna want that cowbell on the track. You know what? It's fine. Let's just do the thing. Okay, roll it. One, two, three, four. It's crazy that they got the drummer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers for that. Oh, shut up. <laughs> You're a fool. Oh, my I gosh. There How are, dare you? There are two really important things about that clip. The first one is to note that the only instrument that's actually being played is the cowbell. Mm-hmm. And the other one is that right. they've really they've really done a justice to moderate or even not good percussionists out there by really empowering that cowbell pal. Now you can play that as your own instrument. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play the rest of the drum kit and have it attached. You that's are so now true. the cowbell player. When I was in middle school, eighth grade, I think, I was in a band competition. Yeah. Uh, so we were listening back to the judges' tape. Uh, I was playing the cowbell, and he said, very aggressive cowbell. So oh, this boy. video was just just my thing that he's entire been, year of He's band. been justified now. He's justified in his veracity mm-hmm. of an instrument that once hung around the neck of a bovine. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, do you want to talk a little bit about the sample that you found of Don't Fear the Reaper? Uh, well, I found a couple of them. Um, I, I believe, was that the um, the UGK one? Is that what you're talking about? I, I, no, okay, okay. that one was the, or, the Godzilla one. Okay, yes. Well, let's talk about that one briefly. Yeah. Uh, well, unless you want to get into it. It's up to you. Let's do the one I'm talking about. So let's play Scooter <laughs> Behind the Cow. Okay, now get into it uh, because there's a special appearance by somebody in this song, and it is quite a thing. All right, crew. Introducing Mr. Fat Man Scoop. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up? I like that they didn't actually fly him out to be a part of that. Yeah, he's just yeah, on a, on a video tape. So Fat Man Scoop is uh, on the song Lose Control by Missy Elliott featuring Sierra. Yeah, you uh, can hear it. Most prominent. Yeah, you can hear it for sure. Uh, so that was by the group Scooter, as I said previously. And Scooter um, are a German happy hardcore rave and techno band. Oh, boy. Known prominently for the song. Uh, how much is the fish? Mm-hmm. As well as uh, Dak said, the, it's called the logical song. They do like a remixed version of uh, the Super Tramp song. It's it's real weird. Yeah, they're real they're weird. a weird a real weird. So, uh, how much was the fish? We never find out. No, I don't know. I, it reminds me of that song, One Pound Fish. You know, too. that's how I always feel about a song that is questions and questions and questions and never mm. resolves. Absolutely, Scooter. By the way, started out as a new wave band. That's that's not surprising by that haircut. No. He looks like Billy Idol if Billy Idol were well, not badass. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. So there's a few different covers I mean we of uh of Blue Oyster Cult that I've found. There are some of them are only a few are probably worth even playing if that. But you can mention them. So that's what I'm going to mention some things that have been covered. Burning for You was covered by Lisa Marie Presley, the daughter of Elvis. Um, 
Burning for You is also covered by Cheyenne Toy, Toy Guns, which Caleb and I liked them growing up. They're yes. a pretty good group. Um, the Goo Goo Dolls covered Don't Fear the Reaper. Awful cover. Not Awful. Not Real bad. But bad. they are a good band, Bad Bane alum, therefore we must recognize them. We yep. Did they win? Appreciate. Did they win? Who were they? Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton. Won, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're an alum. I didn't say they're a winner. No, I just wanted to know. Okay. I was just, concerned. Okay. I was just okay. wondering. Big Country, which sang the song... Uh, in a big country, Scottish 80s group cover Don't Fear the Ripper. Eh, decent cover, uh, not great. So that those are the main covers, I guess. Oh, okay. That's it? Oh, okay. are you talking about? Okay, yeah, okay. let's okay. not even mention say. the Him Don't Fear the Reaper cover. Yeah, I was going to say. Sorry. Got to mention him, him, man. I was so excited you were going to mention him on this podcast. Old Smokestacks, Vili Valo. Yep, Vili Valo, who we should talk at some point about if we can fit a, fit a way to do him in. Uh, they are like a goth rock band mm-hmm. of like the mid two thousands. They came. Uh, they were even kind of in the late nineties, but kind of blew up a little bit more in the mid two thousands. But wings of a butterfly. Yes, I made fun I of. We them. we both made fun of that. Caleb and I both made fun of it because we thought it was like dumb as a kid, dumb. But, but now, like, like, oh, yeah. this is a banger. Oh, oh my yeah, goodness! Man. Oh my goodness, y'all. But yeah, they did. Don't fear the reaper. It's a pretty interesting cover. Yeah, Jerry, you didn't mention. I I thought oh, that yeah? the the uh, sample of Godzilla was very interesting. Yeah, I liked it. Are so, you gonna play him? Well, we I can got, definitely play it. Okay. Which we, one are you doing? I found a Godzilla. I found a Godzilla cover that you may find interesting. Okay, go on. You know, there was a film, a new Godzilla film that came out last year, oh, right? Yeah? King okay. uh, King of Monsters, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know who did a cover of Blue Oyster Cult's Godzilla for I it? I don't. Monsieur Serge Tankian. Really? No way. Oh. Yes, he did. Is that true? Find that. Right find, here. Don't yell I didn't at me. find it. I did Boom. not find that. Gosh, Jared, look how That's good. more important than him, I think. I think so. Well, then talk at least talk about the the other one, the big the big boy sample a little bit more. Oh, well, we can play well, I, we can play both. Jared, you're just beaming over there. That's amazing. Isn't that great? I saw that movie. I don't remember that at all. It wasn't in the movie. It might have just been in the soundtrack. I don't think it was in the movie. Yeah, it was in the soundtrack. I'll tell you what. Whosampled.com, you're you're slacking because you did not put that on that list. Tyler had to find it, and somebody needs to put it on there. Keep it up, Whosampled. I love that. That was amazing. I love that. You're welcome. Well, uh, I don't think we talked about this, but it's all relevant because we did System of a Three Doors Down. They're... Drummer John Dolman had an album come out this year. On it, it's all covers of things. Like, basically, it's songs that he heard on the radio driving from where he lived in um, L.A. to, like, New York. I can't remember exactly what the drive he made was. But it's also, like, cover songs. And Serge Katankian was on there and did a cover of Star Starman by David Bowie. Really? It is an excellent cover. You should go, go listen to it. We're not going to play it today because it's not... In what we're doing, but it is a great cover, and it is. We did System of Three Doors Down, so that that's pretty cool. So I have a story about the song Godzilla while we're on it. Our Uncle Donnie, who has been on the show, uh, Jackson Five Finger Death Punch, he was a part of. Yes, he was also. Uh, oh wait, no, that was really the only good band, bad band he's been on. Correct. So continue. So he told me a story about how uh, he he listens to a radio station uh, where he lives, and they do a thing where they play two songs by a band. It's like two at two o'clock or something like that. And so every time that they play Blue Oyster Cult, it's like classic rock. Every time they play Blue Oyster Cult, 
you know what two songs they're going to play most of the time. And so every time he listens to it, he's like, Godzilla, because he wants it. So like, it's like one out of every 10 times right. they play Godzilla because they always play Burning For You and, and Don't, Don't Fear, Fear the, the Reaper because those are their two biggest radio songs. But people want to hear Godzilla yeah, too. Yeah, they do. And it was, on guita- Godzilla. it was on Guitar Hero. That's Yeah. So we all want it. Yeah. We, we want it. it. I played it on a fake guitar with buttons. A fake guitar with buttons, and now I know that I need it in real life. Play it on the radio, please. I love Godzilla. Not that song. Well, I like the song, but I love Godzilla as a whole. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah, I used to the watch. Character. They used to have, like, a, around Halloween, they'd have, uh, I don't know what channel it was, maybe it was Spike or what Spike used to be. They used to have uh, marathons, Godzilla marathons, with all the yeah. old ones that had subtitles in them and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Did you yeah, see it was what, awesome. Did you see what I bought recently? No. I got Godzilla Jenga. Oh, that's, oh, that's pretty cool. sweet. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. I'm also uh, try to convince, continually trying to convince people that the Godzilla movie from 1999 was good. Wow, even that word out. If we're on that, even though, I will talk about. We've been on that enough every times. Time. No, we've done it. Brains two by Green Day. Dookie. Oh my goodness, not Dookie. Well, it doesn't. Really no, it was on no. Brains two. Nimrod. Nimrod. Yeah. I think yeah. I love that Godzilla version. It's great when you get that. Darn it, darn it, and then you get. Play it. Yeah, Play it again. Play it again. Play it. <laughs> it's been a while. The movie is Godzilla 2000. It's been a, while. It's been a year, I think. Yeah. It's been a long time. I wonder if it's been our year We might have new listeners it. that haven't been able to hear Godzilla in the middle of a Green Day song. Right. It is important. I we, love that my YouTube knows that the first thing I'm looking for when I put <laughs> Brain Stew is Godzilla Remix. It's like, oh, and I played it before. On, yeah, so my, my laptop knows. It's been there before. Love it. Why it wasn't the original version, I don't know. They didn't know what the. They didn't know that they had struck gold. How dare they forget? Oil in the ground, my friend. Jeez. They could have made it a hidden track. They could, they would have. Uh, I would like to speak. Uh, did anybody do any research on the producer of Blue Easter Cult? I did any a little bit after you talked to me about it. Uh, yeah. Sandy Perlman. Sandy yeah. Perlman. Thank yeah. you. It, there really also, would be no Blue Oyster Cult without him. No. Which is so odd. Usually the producer is not so heavily involved in the music that a, an art, like an artist or an actor making, but he he like wrote poetry that their music lyric like their lyrics are based off of. Mm-hmm. He was producing most of their albums. He came like, up with a name. Yeah, he came with an and he came up with a name that they originally the previous had. Previous name. Mm-hmm. S- something White ah. Belly. Yeah, yellow underbelly. Something white, about, white underbelly. Soft white underbelly. Soft white underbelly. That's the one. Yeah. What, yeah. what about a stock forest group? That was one of their names at one point. I think. I, I think so. they had they had a couple different names. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the producer came with like all of them. Yeah. They, I guess, were not even that sold on Blue Oyster Cult originally. No. As a name. Yeah. yeah. They were not mm-hmm. sold on it. I remember. I read about that. Yeah. I like the little thing in the O. I like that. Mm-hmm. The, the little symbol. Oyster. Yes. The hook cross. Hmm. That's a symbol representing uh, the the father of Zeus, Kronos. Kronos, in, indeed. In Greek it looks mythology, like, uh, what's that? Uh, Spaghettios. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, Very good. Kronos Spaghettios. Coming. It kind of makes me think about this it. episode brought to you by Spaghettios. Check out our new Kronos flavor of Spaghettios. Kronos well, he flavored. also he also managed um, Black Sabbath from seventy nine to eighty three, and around that time, I found um, some things that. Blue Oyster Cult and Black Sabbath toured together mm-hmm. at, uh, on the Black and Blue tour. Oh, That's what they called man. it, which is great. And it's like, I don't think of them like together, but I also do. It's so odd. But um, talking about Sandy Perlman, I, we're, I brought up how like the closest thing that I can kind of think of how he kind of worked within that band was, I mean, and this was like to an even bigger degree than what I'm going to say, is like Jim Steinman when he wrote um, all the stuff for Bad Out of Hell for Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. Like, Meatloaf just was the performer on that. and Or even the same as um, uh, Bernie Toppin uh, with Elton John. Right. How, like, Elton John, if you... I don't think most people know that Elton John didn't write the majority of his songs. I think they just think, okay, it's Elton John, so we know everything, mm-hmm. you know, but... 
they don't know that somebody else kind of like pulled the strings of the the lyrics of it and like you don't get to pull the strings yes good so yeah i'm glad you fixed it he did lots of stuff who knew a poet a poet for heavy for a uh, hard rock heavy metal hard, this is yeah what sick. are they well you were t- they're kind of in between i know but almost even psych rock to a certain degree too. Yeah, i guess there's a little bit in rock. There. yeah they're a well, little they're kind of a mix of all hard rock realms really i think they're pretty decent yeah, all I mean they're all. pretty decent. Yeah, it's funny fine. because they haven't had an album since 2001, which isn't surprising, but they're still, they're still together and active and Caleb was like like what was like Blue October you're like, "Well, what, you know, nobody's paid attention to them, they you know, like whatever." But like they've been Blue, doing it for they, like 50 years. I know. But like, I mean, if they haven't had anything new in 19 years, right. they tour on. So right. like, what do you well, tour even, on? It's even like so. those two songs. Even if know? they had had something new, it probably wouldn't be, let's be honest, it wouldn't be good. Yeah, probably not. It's not It's not particularly likely. I don't know if Perlman's a part of it anymore either. Though. I don't know, but get back in point. it. Yeah, get out there, Perlman. Get Keep out there and write some stuff. more. You better write some more poems. <laughs> and you better, did they have Cowbell in any other song? Uh, you know, I don't think I could prominently. Find. You have to listen to every single song from them to see if you I mean, can they're land not, on a They're not a percussion-driven sound. No, they're very guitar-driven. Yeah, there's not the per- the drums are not mixed particularly high no. in any of their songs. They covered Born to be Wild as a single. Did you see that? Oh, really? Steppenwolf? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really sound... It, it sounds super different and odd from them. It took a lot of the grit out of that song. Yeah. yeah. It's well, really it's kind of it's thought of as the first uh uh like heavy metal song ever. Oh, really? Yeah. Um Born to be Wild is? Yeah. It was written by Mars Bonfire, but first performed by Stephen Steppenwolf, yeah. which is interesting. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Steppenwolf's pretty good. We should I'm I'm going to think of a name that's going to work for that. Steppenwolf Mother. Oh, let's do it. Let's do that. I'm Next week, a, Steppenwolf. After this episode, we'll record it right now. I'm making a change <laughs> on one of mine. <laughs> it's pretty good. Thanks. Did you want to play the uh, big boy thing? If you'd like to. Yeah, we can. Because I found the sample very interesting. I'm sure Tyler will, will let's enjoy do. it. Let's do Let's do That's almost like uh, Super Mash Brothers style. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost more like a mashup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's than, Big uh, Boy featuring Big Crit and UGK. That's all. Yeah, the Big Crit and mm-hmm. Blue Oysterkle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, are they actually, they're them. on it, right? With they per- them, really? They performed? I believe so. I thought that was what we confirmed. Oh I wow, think so that's I'm impressive. Sure. Well, Could be know. wrong. Don't quote us on that one, everybody. That's right. We might be liars. <laughs> Always it's funny because we played several samples, but uh, of people of people co- sampling Blue Oyster Cult. Right. What we have not played is Blue Oyster Cult sampling somebody else. So if you'll play the song The Marshall Plan. Oh, yeah, The Marshall Plan. Sorry. I thought it said The Marshall Cult, but it's because I just looked where it said Blue Oyster Cult. Uh-huh. I scrolled it. My eyes deceived me. And go to two minutes and 33 sample seconds, not samples. I read the same thing again. You hear?
terrible. <laughs> what, what's the name of that album again? Machine Head. No, the uh, that's a uh, Cultosaurus Erectus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Sorry. boy, yeah. What right. a name that is. What that a, is name a name that is. It's got is. this weird looking dinosaur thing on it. That was awful. I hate Deep Purple so very much. No. I can understand why. They're also considered one of the first uh, heavy metal. I bands know ever. that. Isn't that? It's interesting. Them and Sabbath really and. Well, Zeppelin, of course, has mm-hmm. a connotation of it, though they certainly don't sound it anymore. Well, Blue Oyster Cult was meant to kind of be a reaction of Blue- Black Sabbath. They wanted to be like the American version of Black Sabbath. And even so. uh, Iron Butterfly is also a part of that. With Oh, uh, that's wild. And I got it a Vita. Yeah, I hate that song. Oh, that's a great song. It's too long. My favorite thing about that song is that he was saying In the Garden of Eden, but he was so messed up when he was singing it. That they changed it to In a God of Vida. Yes, they just called it that. Yeah, isn't that... In a God of baby. It's just yeah. a full out... It's just like, we, we're done. We don't, we're not doing it with you anymore. It is... Yeah, I guess were, the song is In a God of Vida. That's what it's called now. Because he can't, this fucker can't sing at all. Mm. Not even a lick. Yeah. So we uh, do we want to vote? And then I ha- do we want to play the last thing that is the most important thing? Uh, that sounds good to me. Okay, so I will start. I never start, so I'll start this time. Ooh, My that usually that Jared is, likes to hear that. everybody else's votes. I don't matter what anybody you, else. You says. are so humble. I know, Jared. I know. <laughs> you I know. are so humble. I ate some humble pie earlier too. Thank goodness. Uh, humble. My, my pick pie? is Blue October. Who'd have thunk? I I'm gonna have to choose Blue, Blue Oyster Cold. I don't know. I can't decide. I'm thinking I'm really, of a number. I'm struggling on this one. This is one where I really don't know which one I think I want to choose. Hmm. And I want to hear out arguments to help me think. But What? You want us to argue for you to vote for who your favorite is? I, no, I want to hear what your guys' arguments for why you're picking who you're picking. Because I've liked them more. I've, I've been a fan of Blue October. I love Foiled. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any other... I don't know a Blue Oyster Cult album. Mm-hmm. Dinosaur Erectus. Like, what a funny name. Culture Saurus Erectus. But like, they I have mean, a self-titled. So you I know. love Burning For You. That's one of my favorite like 80s songs. I like. I, I love that song. I love covers of it. Iced Earth does a really good cover of it. Like, There's some good covers of it. Uh, we didn't play. I didn't bring it up. But like covers of things. Like, It makes me appreciate the original song more when I find a cover that I, that I love too. So Yeah. What's it's your nice. reason for picking Blue Oyster Cult? Just because of the lack of interest in Blue October? Well, I think that's part of it. I just don't have I don't have much interest in it. And, and as you know, I don't have a lot of interest in hard rock anymore either. Sure. But even so, Blue Oyster Cult is a band whose who's top songs I still, for the most part, enjoy. Yeah. And that's I find that to be something I can't say about a lot of the hard rock bands that I used to listen to as a kid. Well, to have a song for like 50, 40, 50 years be like that... I mean, with Don't Fear the Reaper, a classic rock, iconic song, right. Burning For You, which to have success as a late 60s, early 70s band in 1981 with a hit radio song, that's pretty impressive mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I like Blue Oyster Cult, but I love Blue October. That's kind of how I... That's so tough. I think I'm going to go Blue October. Oh, my. I, 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 I don't... It's very tough... But I realized listening to them this week that I don't actually mind a lot of their newer stuff. And I thought that I would be like, man, Foiled's a good album, but that's really it. But really, I didn't I did not like their singles recently. Mm-hmm. I, mm, but Blue Oyster Cult is really important. I think I'm going to stick with Blue October on this occasion. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think I'm going to go with uh, uh, Blue, Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, boy. You've done tied her up. We tied it up. So let's let's turn over to Patreon. He, he was the he was the uh, wild card anyway. He has a blue shirt on. He he was trying to clue us in as to his choice, but it didn't work the way he anticipated. <laughs> well, they're because both could have either. Way. I know that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's head to Patreon. What do we got? They are tied. Oh, they are oh no. tied. No, they Someone, are not. <gasps> we are tied across. Who the board. came in? Someone came in and voted. Yep. In the meantime. Yep. They were not tied when we started. Way to go. Way to go, Patreon gang. There's Way to no do it. good band. There's no good band. No. There's no bad band. Is this, no. I think it's the first time band. No, we can't. No, no, no. They're equal bands. No. You know what? No. Hold that. Caleb, stop that. No. What we are you doing? He's gone, everyone. 
What is happening right now? Caleb is gone. He's lost it. You know what, listeners? If you want to break this tie, uh, send us a message. Go to our Facebook. Do so, uh, comment on the post. Yeah. Help break this tie. And go to patreon.com slash record roundtable. You can be a part of the next vote we have. It's true. Ain't no one going to break it this time. If you're but, really, what we, but what are we doing? If you're really interested in breaking this tie, send me $100. And I will replace no. the other well. three hosts with the animatronic robots I have created of them so that they choose whatever I want them to choose. Yes. Hello, Tyler. I would like to vote for Fugazi. Fugazi. <laughs> Fugazi. Fugazi. <laughs> It looks like that's four votes for Fugazi, and it seems as Fugazi has won best band ever in the entire existence of wow. the entire universe. Oh, every Wait a episode, minute. every week. Wait a minute, we got a write-in vote of Franz Ferdinand coming in. Oh, <laughs> listen here. I guess we're just going to have to resolve that one next week, everyone. Yep. Devo is the better band. <laughs> oh, remember that I told you, send me, don't send me $100. I'm, I'm just brainwashing them. It's starting to work already. That's right. <laughs> everyone is already... Oh, my. Okay, so there is a video on YouTube called I Have the Weirdest Boner Right Now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad we decided to do this. And I have never been able to bring this up, but there is a a mashup that we had discovered, and we would like to play what it is. So here's here's what I would urge you to do. Go to YouTube.com, type in I Have the Weirdest Boner Right Now, then watch the video, laugh, then clear your history so nobody sees what you've typed. And then uh, listen to this episode again, back to this clip, and then have the idea of what's happening in your mind for the clip that we're about to play. <laughs> Give us our outro, Jared. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band. Look at our stuff online. Next week, we're talking about Bullet for My Bloody Valentine. Goodbye. Oh, that's ridiculous. What a weird <laughs> outro, too. <laughs> well, I had to do it in the time that he had. I get it. I get it. Welcome to this week's edition of Blue... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so focused on Blue October. Oh, Stop my that. God. Stop that. <laughs> Welcome to this edition of Blue's Clues. <laughs> Welcome to this week's edition of Bluke. It's a new name for a podcast that we're doing.